In this week's episode of Studio Inter, we'll be reviewing the game against Torino. We'll be previewing the upcoming games against Victoria Pilsen and Udinese. This week's Morgi, Moratti and Frog. And much, much more. Everything here on Studio Inter. Only on sempreinter.com. Benvenuti, bentornati to another edition of Studio Inter. My, I'm your host, Imatuale Ruzzari, wishing you back to a week where Inter um, won the first of three incredibly important games after the start to the season that Inter have had. But before we get to all of that, let me begin by introducing my panelists. Uh, starting with, uh, he's the sempreinter.com preview writer, Mr. Mohamed Nassar. We'll be returning to doing those starting in October, won't we? Yes, we shall. And uh, looking forward to getting back to the previews and looking forward to uh, talking uh, some, uh, maybe some optimism and, uh, and happiness in the intersphere. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and we are also joined by Semprinter.com uh, feature writer, Mr. Jake Smalley, who, who writes, who pens a weekly column called Five Things We Learned From Inter This Week. How are you doing, Jake? I'm very well, thank you. I very much like that uh, use of the phrase pens as well. Very professional. <laughs> <laughs> as an English teacher, I enjoy oh, dear. <laughs> Yeah, well, yes, I try to <laughs> keep it grammatically correct in Her Majesty's English as much as possible. And not that colonial tongue, which some people speak. And speaking of colonial tongue, we're joined. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Mo, you wanted to say something? I was going to say, uh, surely it's uh, His Majesty's uh, English now, right? No, no, I don't. I don't acknowledge him. I'm much more <laughs> conservative than most people are. But regardless, um, let's um, let's uh, go to let's. Speaking of colonial tongues, we are joined by a very good friend of the show. He's uh, he's our go-to refereeing guy. He's also producer on TLN. He's currently in Milan, um, watching. He watched Inter Torino at the San Siro. Mr. Mike Gallo. Well, I've actually just made the trip from Milano to Torino, so I'm now okay. in Torino right now. But uh, yes, was at the game. Been uh, been a long time. Happy to be back on with the podcast with you guys, and uh, I bring the good luck charm to Inter because they they needed a big time that game. Absolutely, let's get into it. And and I wanted to um I want to start about um uh, I wanted to start. Um, by discussing uh, the game against Torino, it was an incredibly important win, and I think we should acknowledge first of all and foremost that Torino are extreme, are a very very good side. Um, they're very well organised. They're very good on the pitch. They were, even though their coach Ivan Juric wasn't there due to health issues, um, he uh, he he they they were extremely well organised. They know exactly when to press, when to drop, when to push up high, when to not do it, um, and so on and so forth. Um, and and so we should we should acknowledge that they are a very difficult side to to break down, but there are also aspects of Inter's game that um, were positive and negative. Um, I want to start with the positive stuff, so I'm turning to you, Mr. Positivity. What were your what was the most what was the most positive things about Inter's game in your opinion? Look, I mean it's undeniable. I mean, we we have to address uh, the goalkeeping. I think uh, there's no co- maybe there's no coincidence the fact that Onana started and did well against uh, Bayern. So now that there's genuine competition, 
uh, for spaces, uh, it's it's not outside the realm of possibility to imagine that uh, Handanovic's uh, good form in that game was uh, was uh, somehow related to that. Um, I also like the fact that. Uh, Despite it being a difficult game, this is a this is a match where uh, Inter could have folded, Inter didn't fold, uh, and I, I just love the the midfield module. I mean, uh, whether whether players are in form or not, I think uh, the fact that it was Barella who assisted uh, Brozovic for that last last minute uh, goal is is telling. I think uh, the core of the side, when in form, is is extremely important. I think uh, getting players back in form. Having Lukaku back is only—I mean, this is this is probably as bad as it gets in terms of a start uh, from a match fitness sort of perspective. So I think um, I, I see, like you said, this was an important game. We have another couple of very important games as well tomorrow and over the weekend. If if uh, Inzaghi and the squad manage to navigate through them properly, then we've uh, we've we've seen through the worst of this uh, early season crisis. So I think this for me is the biggest positive that uh, it was like you said the difficult game against a very difficult opponent and we got the three points all things uh all right uh for me right, for, for me the most positive thing was that there was balance between attack uh, between the midfield line and the defensive line i've been very vocal about how inter this season especially um i think it's because and i'll explain i explained that last week uh, that I think that Simon Inzaghi prepared a preseason playing a high defensive line and then he's lowered it, but the midfield haven't really adapted. I thought that was no, not an issue against, or it was far less of an issue. It only happened one, one, once or twice when Inter were overrun uh, on the counter when, when they lost the ball. Um, that didn't happen as much against Torino, which I expected it to happen. So that was very positive for me. Um, I also think what I want to raise my second thing uh, before I turn to you, Mike, um, is that I think what I'm really what I find the most positive uh, is that there are there's actual competition for every single spot on that team from goalkeeper to right wing back to defender to midfield and that's good because it forces players to improve and they have to perform and if not they're substituted off that is my that that, that to me is incredibly positive I thought Belanova was was an injection of speed and energy when he came on um and I thought Mikitarian was good when he came on. Um, uh, I, I think uh, Handanovic, of course, uh, was fantastic. Um, and but I still stand by what, what I said last week. I think Onana should be the starter, and I think everyone agrees. But I think the fact that there's competition actually makes it much um, be- makes it stronger. Uh, it makes everyone perform better and Inter better. And that's something we've not had. Not even in- not even Conte's Inter. Because there was a clear starting lineup and there were clear substitutes that came on. Now I think there's more competition for spots in important places. And I think so far, I think that in the short run will be uh, a, a very good thing in terms of for, for the goalkeeping position, but also one of all the other uh, spot positions on the pitch as well. Mike, you were there at the game. Um, what, 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 what is your main takeaway? Uh, on the conversation where you guys mentioned, where you mentioned like having that starting eleven, and is it good to have a, a starting eleven and Weizen? We've had that conversation on this podcast before. And is it better to have consistency, or is it better to have depth? Um, look, you can really put in 
any number of 15, 16, 17 players really to, to, to start on this team at any point. And uh, I think it is good, but I think it's best when you have injuries. If you don't, if you don't have injury, if you, everyone's healthy, I think it's better to have a consistent starting 11. But what, you know, longer into the year it goes, the better it is to have that depth and the ability to put in, you know, can Gosen start, can DeMarco start, can any, it doesn't really matter. As long as you've got 15, 16 guys like we do right now, I think, like you mentioned with Mkhitaryan, even Bellanova came in. I thought Bellanova played pretty good. The, I don't think the fan thought that because they were whistling at him a few times when he was taking a sweet ass time to come up the field on a counterattack. So, um, but I did think he had some really good movement on the ball. Um, on the Handanovich Onana situation, uh, I'm, I think the, the correct thing to do is is to kind of rotate rotate them. I think if the one position you can really rotate a player at best at, at goalkeeper is just because it doesn't really matter who's back there. It's not like they're that involved with you know the buildup of play, with the exception of of you know when they've got possession at the at the back, but really. All you're doing is just being a quick little outlet. So uh, I do think that it's great to what what Inzaghi did play Onana in Champions League in a, in a very big game in his first game, and he answered the bell. Um, I also thought uh, I thought Martinez had a really good game. He was, he had a lot of really good first touches, and he was uh, controlling the ball excellent and 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 outlets out out to the wing. I thought he was. I honestly think he was Inter's best player in the game in terms of you know every single time he touched the ball, he did something positive with it um it was really good to see that and uh you know just other than that being at the game was uh was very very good feeling and it's it had something i think the last game I had was a slavia Prague team where i think Badella scored the tying goal in like the 92nd minute or something like that was so it was really awesome to be in the stadium and seventy thousand people on a saturday 12 o'clock game or a six o'clock game uh, local time so um and they've had seventy thousand strong the last the last week or so so this is uh such a great feeling to be back in the stadium and, and to see everyone excited and uh, you know now that you know COVID's kind of behind us hopefully and and everything's moving forward. For sure, I mean the Inter and Milan and Roma and Napoli. I mean they're packing the the state. I mean the, the attendances have increased in Italy uh, so far this season, and that's a great great thing um, for for sure. But I mean if we're if if we're going to talk a little, I mean something that started negatively but became better for me is Barella and Brozovic. I think Barella and Brozovic um, had poor games, Barella in particular. Um, but Simon Inzaghi said after Bayern Munich that Barella's had a difficult, um, has had a difficult game. Uh, sorry, has had a difficult start to the season because he's had a, he has a minor injury or a minor problem, as he said. Um, but I have to say one thing that is good is that although he had a dreadful game, this I think I don't think it can be understated the importance of if someone like Barella and, and Brozovic, who did struggle, um, but that they managed to link up for the winning point, for the for the winning goal and the three points, I think that is incredibly um, important for confidence, belief, and 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 it builds momentum as well. Um, because I mean, what what happening is Bayern Munich. We all knew that Bayern Munich is is at least a level or two above well all teams in Italy, not just Inter. And we saw that, but I think it was important. But I think it was so important for Inter to not concede a goal and to win at the death by working themselves into the into into the game. Because let's be honest, that that first half was not very good, was it, Jake? 
No, it was, it was clumsy. I think it was probably the best word that I would use to describe. I think watching a lot of the play so far in games this year, the only game that I've really been convinced by in terms of the performance was the Spezia game. And, you know, the performance in that game was just routine, beating a side that you'd expect them to beat quite comfortably. And they did. They created chances. It looked a bit more balanced. Uh, I think a word that, you know, I, I used to describe the team at times a little bit this year has been a bit stale. I think if you look across the squad, you've got players who've played under Antonio Conte. You've got players who've played under Luciano Spalletti, players who've played under Inzaghi. Um, I think it must be quite a tough time in some ways to be an interplayer knowing all the circus that surrounds the club in the press in terms of finances, things like that. Obviously, the players were disappointed after last year, losing that Scudetto badge. So I think it's been a little bit hard to see them get going. And I think the players are feeling that a little bit. You talk about Barella, you talk about Brozovic there. Um, Barella is a player who has come off the back of playing almost three straight seasons. He's played a COVID-interrupted year all the way to the Europa League final. He's played a full Scudetto-winning campaign and ended up playing in the Euros into that season. He's then played again for a full season. And we forget, he's, he's under 25 years old as well. He's still very young. He's a player who's not reached his peak years yet. And to play on the level that he does week after week, you know, to then give him a minor injury, as you say, and having a couple of under-par performances, it's really noticeable. And it's the same with Brozovic. It's no coincidence that last season... During the time where Inter had a lean spell that probably cost them the title, I remember the game in particular at Genoa, Inter were terrible, and it's because they miss Brozovic, his industry, his guile, the way he links defence and attack at times, the way that he can steal the ball to stop opposition from countering. It, if those two aren't at their best, Inter are simply not at their best, in my opinion. That is so so true. Um, I don't think anyone can 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 disagree with that. Um, just uh, quickly before we move on, I mean the Bayern Munich game. Um, Andre Onana is the big talking point this week, Mo. We all got to see what we wanted to see and what we said we wanted to see on last week's pod on Monday. Um, obviously, after the game, and Simone Inzaghi said that Samir Andanovic will return to the to the lineup against Torino. Um, I'm keen to hear what, what your thoughts on this are, because I think there is a risk of alternating between goalkeepers. But having said that, I also think that at some point you have to, you know, you have to slowly ease Onana in to replace Handanovic because the future lay with Onana and not Handanovic. What, what is your thoughts on that? No, I agree completely. I think uh, a managed uh, introduction or a managed uh, transition is very important and you know, like I said, er, like I said earlier, I think, and like you said as well, genuine competition for faces creates a better performance overall. Now, the goalkeeping position is always very tricky to rotate because you know a lot of it relies on on form and consistency and uh, on the pitch. But um, if there is a straight like delineation between roles, or at least until maybe the winter break, until the World Cup or something, where Onana does the does the European fixtures and then Handanovic does the uh, domestic Serie A games, then I think that's a good uh, halfway solution um, with an eye, like you say, at uh, on the future where Onana then becomes, you know, uh, maybe uh, the Champions League and the Serie A goalie and then Handanovic then becomes the goalie for the the, the cup or something or the other. But, uh, but yeah, no, a managed transition is always very important. Uh, as long as it's done with uh, with a proper uh, regimen in mind. Are you guys surprised that he chose the Bayern Munich game as the game to 
give him his first start because I kind of was. I, I I have to say I was as well. Um, and um, I, I, I didn't expect that. I would have preferred to, I mean, if it were up to me, I would have preferred to play him against Torino. But yeah, I agree. That, yeah. yeah. But having said that, he was great. He was Inter's best player on the night. And I don't think he can be blamed for any of the goals. In fact, I, I no, Dombrosio. I think Danilo D'Ambrosio is the one, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. him, him scoring an unnecessary own goal and also being a bit late. And also Denzel Dumfries, who has shown a bit of a, bit, a quite a bit of defensive deficiencies uh so far this season he looks he doesn't look like he's quite in form um so for me those two goals have nothing to do with that and, and i think he handled it really well yeah he made one of these like he made a mistake where the ball hit the post i don't know if you guys noticed that but yeah that was that was that was uh, i don't know what he was do, doing on that yeah. he got lucky very lucky yeah he did get lucky but at the same time i think he you know he needs to play he needs to 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 he's been out of the game for such a long time and i think my, the thing that i take the most out of that is his um is his uh, d- distribution with the feet, uh, with the ball at his feet? I mean, if I'm Romelu Lukaku, I'm looking at that and I am licking my 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 my. Mm-hmm. I'm licking my lips, thinking of the service I'm going to get when when he's fit and and Onana's playing because the service was outstanding. You know, he he made these long 60, 70 yard passes, uh, which were you know with millimeter precision, and and Lukaku would have loved it. I mean, he would have absolutely loved that. Um, uh, and I think when teams defend deep and low blocks against Inter, that early first ball will really, really help uh, Inter stretch teams apart. Um, so no, I, I was really, really I, that 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 particular thing really made me uh, made me uh, that, that really made me happy. Um, I wanted to ask you, Jake, and and also also you, Mike and Mo, just like what 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 you found I mean, in terms of Onana. What just name one thing that you. To the most positive thing about the Onana uh, performance? Uh, I'll start with you, Jake, and then I'll go to Mo and then Mike. Uh, there's, there's a moment just before uh, the half-hour mark, I think it was, definitely the first half, was the shot from Muller that he tipped over the bar, and mm. that was the moment where it really hit me. It was a diving save up to his left that he tipped over the bar. I think it was going over anyway, and I actually turned to my dad who was watching the game, and then I said to him, Sam Danovic wouldn't have been able to reach that. He'd have watched it. And I think that's it for me. He's he's more flexible. He's not as wooden. Distribution, absolutely fantastic. I'd, I'd throw him in straight and I'd keep him in. But like we said last week, Andanovic is captain. He's been a great player all these years. It's natural that they're going to phase him out in a certain type of way. So we're just going to have to wait and see, aren't we? Yeah, I think uh, generally his athleticism, uh, like Jake, Jake says, uh, it makes a difference. You, you can't, like, as good as a goalkeeper is, even, you know, we saw with the Buffon at Juve, He's pushing 40. Athleticism goes, you know, father time always wins. And, and having someone young and capable, he's not just a great distributor of the ball, but he's a great shot stopper too. So I think the future is very bright. I, 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 was, I was very happy. You know, I'm, I'm very happy looking forward to the next phase in a long line of, you know, illustrious goalkeepers uh, mm. between, the, between, uh, between the posts uh, at Inter. So, yeah, no, I was just, I think that's that's you know athleticism and youth is what I take what I take away. Mm, absolutely. Uh, what about uh, what about you, Mike? I know what my favorite thing is. I think the, there's there was in the, in, towards the end of the first half. I think it's Alfonso Davis when he cuts him from the left and he makes a shot that is to the like in the in the in the far corner. That's a shot that Handanovic hasn't saved for six years or three four years at least, not six but three years. Um, that was my favorite moment with him. What about you? 
you know, I know all about Alfonso Davies, watching him for, for all, many years, five, six years since he was a kid. So, you know, watching him dominate in that game was, uh, was something I was kind of expecting. But on, on Onana, well, um, his awareness, his awareness, he's got the ability to kind of expect where the ball might be going, which we know Handanovich doesn't have that. Um, and if, what's, what's Handanovich been the worst at, you know, in his career? It's, it's using his feet. He's been, he's, uh, horrible. he's been literally a zero out of 10 in terms of goalkeepers using his feet. And I think it was really noticeable how good Onana was, but really in comparison to how bad Handanovich is with his feet, that's what made it so noticeable. So, you know, those are the two things for sure that would, would, would makes him stand out. And, you know, he's, it should have been three or four, nothing for, for Bayern. And oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that, that definitely. Right. Um, let's, uh, let's not dwell on that too much. Let's move on to another Champions League game, which is being played. We're recording this on a Monday. It's being played on, uh, played, uh, on, on, uh, Tuesday, uh, at way against Victoria Pilsen, a Czech, the Czech Republic, the side from Czech Republic, uh, who hasn't haven't lost at home since May 2021, 28 straight games of no defeats at home, uh, and obviously they were completely ripped apart by Barcelona. But I expect them to turn up against Inter. I think this is going to be a tough one. Um, what kind of game are you expecting, Mo? Who was uh, who was that tough team in our group last year? Was it uh, Shakhtar Donetsk or uh, who was? Oh uh, yeah, I mean Shakhtar. No, no, it was it was. Didn't we have um, the what are they called from uh, Transnistria? Jared? Yeah, sheriff. Yeah, yeah, sheriff. Sheriff. Yeah, they beat Real last year. They beat Real. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's one of those games. You know, it's it's uh, it's like uh, it's going to be similar to going to uh, play uh, against uh, Elas Verona and the Vettogodi. You know, it's just uh, they're going to be tough. Uh, they're going to be very compact. I think. Uh, uh, I think they're going to. Uh, I, I would anyway. I would uh, attack Inter in the flanks. Uh, particularly at the Dumfries side, uh, on quick counterattacks, it's going to be a classic, classic uh, way that uh, these uh, quote-unquote weaker European teams uh, line up against Inter. It's not going to be pretty. I think uh, we're going to struggle to find the net. I think until uh, Lukaku uh, is back and in rotation, I think it's uh, this is going to be a, a you know a running theme. But uh, yeah, I don't think I, I'm I'm not really looking forward to this game, at least from a viewing uh, perspective. Uh, hopefully, the result is going to be in our favor. But uh, because if we don't take all three points, that's it. Uh, there's there's no no chance in hell we're getting out of the group. Um, yeah, no, I think I think it's not going to be a pretty game. I think maybe I'm I'm conflating the the sheriff game with the with the Shakhtar game from the season before. Um, no, but we didn't we have Shakhtar last season as well. We had Shakhtar and Sheriff, didn't we? And Real Madrid. Yeah, no, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think I think the Shakhtar games in Donetsk were, or I think they weren't being played in Donetsk. They think being played somewhere else. Whatever, but in, the Shakhtar in Lviv, games, yeah, in, in Lviv. Yeah, those those games those games suck, and I think this is going to suck as well. Well, I mean, what about predictions? What do you think, Mo? I mean, if you if you were to give give a prediction, because I think this is a must win game. If Inter don't win this game, they're, you know, then that's it. You know, then I, I, you know, it's they're not going to go. No three, no three points, no point. Exactly. So I mean, you know, no three points, no. uh, I think I think we're going to struggle, but hopefully, like uh, you know, uh, uh, the Ambrosio-esque goal towards the end gets us the three points. I think we're going to win, but just just barely. 
Mm. Tickets, like I said, it's going to be an ugly game, but we're we're barely going to scrape through like a two-one or a, yeah, two-one or a one-nil. I I'd um, I'd take that with with great ease. I'd I'd take that easily. Um, what about um What about you, Mike? Well, well, first of all, are you going to stay in Italy for that game? Um, or um, what what's happening? So so this is this is such a I'm so mad because I you know on going to the to the game whoever Inter would play, no matter where it was on Tuesday Wednesday wherever it was, uh, except if it was in Czech Republic, and of course that was the only place they played. So. I've got my away away uh, card where I can go to the game. I just you know it just it was too quick of a decision to to make it out. I really wanted to go to to Pilsen, but if they were playing at home or if they were playing in Munich or if they were playing in Barcelona, I would have went for sure. But Prague it was just too too out of out of the way for my schedule. I would have loved to go. I've uh, never been to to an away game before, so I'm kind of ticked off about that. It was a um, that it would have been nice, but uh, I've decided to go to. Copenhagen and Sevilla on 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 Wednesday when I when I head out of Italy. So not you know kind of a second choice, but you know it is what it is. Um, I think that uh, Victoria Pels is going to get a going to get a point in this group. This is the game to get it out of. I don't think there's going to be another game where they can get a point. So um, it might be in their head that they need to do that. They're not going to get a, any points off of Barcelona or Bayern, I, unlikely. Um, this is this is their best chance at getting points in the group, and I'm not. I, I mean, I would probably say a draw is the most likely scenario, but I mean, Inter is the better team, and they should get three points. So, um, uh, my brain is leaning draw, but my heart is probably saying a two-one victory. Well, I hope you're right. I certainly hope you're right. I, I've got a goalless draw feeling about this. But what about you, Jake? What have you got? I hate these types of fixtures. Um, they're awful. Uh, I mean. Intra is a team whose name sounds like someone's headbutted a keyboard, and it's uh, 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 there's just nothing to gain out of games. <laughs> it's it's headbutted a keyboard. It is. It's it's just it's irritating. They have like League One in England level players playing for them, who just drink loads of Gatorade before they play against Inter. They'll they'll play some horrible. <laughs> The defensive filth and rag a point, you know, I, 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 just, I can just feel there's nothing to be gained out of these games. And, you know, history tells us it's not the type of game where Inter are going to go away and win 4-0 because the other team just raises the game so much. Sometimes the setting, you know, might be a bit of a potato field, like, you know, when Ronaldo played in Moscow all those, all those years ago. I, I, I just actually, think Actually, this stadium is pretty good. Um, is I'm it in mistaken. good shape? I've not actually looked. Yeah. I've not made that. <laughs> no, I've seen that. They're, 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 actually a, they're actually a really well-run club. Yeah. Um, but, so. no, I think I think it will be a, a, a tough game. Just, you know, it's the cynicism in me that's seen this before and, and, and sees it as being a negative. You know, I can see into picking up another injury over there. I just think the hostility of it makes it difficult. Uh, I think I'm going to go with uh, what Mike said, and I think there'll be a draw out of this. I think it'll be a 1-1 draw. I think it'll be Pilsen's only point. Mm, uh, we'll see. We'll see. On sun, uh, on Sunday, if I'm not mistaken, or is it Saturday? I think it's Sunday at 12.30. Uh, it's a lunch kickoff um, that Inter play against, uh, away against Udinese. Uh, on the 18th, uh, so that makes it the Sunday. Yeah, it's the Sunday lunch match. Away against an Udinese, we've got four straight wins and are are scoring lo- scoring for fun with one of the mo- with one of the most hyped up hipster coaches of the moment right now. 
um, Sotil, who was at Ascoli last season in the Serie B, did a really good job there. But um, oh, I, I, who, and also I think has been pretty, pretty. I think he's been really, really good um, uh, at Udinese, and and I think Udinese is the right place for him. And and Udinese have so many good players. Beto for sure, Destiny Udoji, um, Samarjic. No, I mean, you know, they they have so many. Uh, so many uh, good players, and they're they're they are such a trouble. They are such a such a bogey team for Inter, aren't they? Um, at Udinese away, and it's a lunch kickoff as well. So I'm going to go to you, Mo. <laughs> Is there any positivity at all in the in the Mister Positivity tank for this game? Look, uh, so you know you know me and lunchtime kickoffs. Uh, I hate them. I think they they they're absolutely their track record in Inter. I think. Uh, you know, uh, particularly lunchtime, lunchtime at uh, at the Mape Stadium against Asuolo. This is just a scouts doom and disaster. I don't know. I think uh, uh, the fact that they play expansive football is probably the only saving grace. I think uh, you know, ha- had it been a, a Sassuolo-esque sort of team that uh, does counter-attacking well and they're they're quite uh, they're quite uh, uh, compact and not daring. Um, then maybe uh, maybe I'd be a bit. I mean, I, I'm wary anyway, but I'd be I'd be extremely pessimistic. But um, I think it's a draw. I think we're going to break their winning streak, and uh, we're going to continue to draw points in the lead here. So I think it's a scoring draw. Um, yeah, I I think I think it's. Uh... I think if we're, I think we're losing this. I'm sorry. I just don't see how we need to beat this Udinese away. I hope I'm wrong, but I, I feel like we're gonna we're gonna lose two one. Um, what about you, uh, Mike? Do you, do you what are your feelings? Well, I hate lunch kickoffs, but for a reason unlike you guys, because Inter usually plays bad. I hate them because I can never watch them because it's at six o'clock in the morning in Canada. So that's the reason why I hate lunch kickoffs. But hey, I'm in Europe now, so I can watch the game at noon. So that's fine with me. <laughs> Um, but what I will say is, uh, like, like, this team has been scoring like at will. When they beat Roma four nothing last week, that's that was that was uh, that was something I was not expecting. And um, I mean, this is not going to last forever. So I think this, I think it's a tough one to call. But I do think that this is. I think Inter's got a better chance against Udinese than than they do against uh, against Pilsen. That's just my opinion on how this goes this week. Well, well, I really, I really, really hope you're right. Uh, couldn't, uh, <laughs> I absolutely hope you're right, uh, Mike, and, and and I hope you, you, um, you, um, you, uh, that that your 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 prophecy comes true. Um, let's um, <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, move on to um, to to. I want to talk a, a little bit also about um, this um, this this Milan Milan Skriniar thing. Obviously, he. He, his contract situation. Um, he, he's gonna. He hasn't extended yet. Um, he was today when we're recording this. He just told Sport Media said after the press conference ahead of the game that you know when he was asked, can you can you give the 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 fans something to be calm about? Can you give the fans something to be happy about um, in terms of your contract? And he said, look, they know me. Um, and I've always given everything for this shirt, and because Marotta was optimistic, and I, and he says the fans know me through after all these years. I think that says it all. Um, that that made me feel very good about this, about the whole Milan-Skinia situation, that it might actually get resolved pretty quickly. Um, uh, and and I really hope that. I really really hope that. 
Um, so um, yeah, that, that's something we need to we, we need to we need to observe as well. Um, I want to move on to um, to 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 the part of the show where we pay tribute, rip the piss out of, and criticize something or someone heavily in the world of football, starting with the positivity, which will be presented by Mr. Michael Gallagher. He's, he works a lot. He's intelligent and. He surprised uh, people sometimes with his uh, ideas. Not easy to find one person of this quality. Uh, well, we, we did mention Handanovich already in this podcast, and uh, rightfully so, because after what happened when Onana started, uh, you know, one of Inter's biggest games of the year so far against Bayern Munich, uh, he could have, you know, been, been upset about it. He could have been pissed. Uh, you know, one of the biggest games, and he wasn't the starter. He's been the starting goal goalkeeper for Inter since... But for nine years now, so it's like I would have been. I know if I was a goalkeeper, I would have been pretty upset about it. But he took it, you know, took it fine. And not only that, but he came and had one of his best performances he's had in the last few years and made some incredible saves and pretty much kept Inter from losing this game. So I will give all the credit and positivity, and you know, I I, I give a lot of. Uh, it made me smile actually, you know, being behind the net and watching him make all those saves. I know a lot of those saves were kind of directed in his general direction, but he still had to make those saves and to to play that well just after you know the the first step of of him being replaced happened uh, was a good you know a good it, it kind of made me smile because of uh, I think he's been a really good goalkeeper renter over the years and uh, he does deserve to go out the the proper way, whether it be you know, at the end of this year or the following year, um, seeing him play that well and being the man of the match uh, in a game where Inter probably should have lost, uh, I definitely give him the Moratti of the week for uh, for his performance against Torino. Nice one. Agree with that. I just want to give a shot, a, a secondary me um, uh, this week's Moratti to Milan Skriniar for being for being Skriniar for being the real captain of this team and being loyal to this team. Um, and and everything that he's always done in through a very difficult situation because that comment was very very important. I, I want to move on to uh, something much more comical. This week's frog, which is which is by our our in-house Mr. Frog now, um, Mr. Jake Smalley. E clamoroso autogol di Ranocchia. Mr. Frog, permit <laughs> the frog. You're the in-house frog, aren't you now? Because I mean, you always come up with the best ones, and that is yours. It's, it's become yours, hasn't it? Well, you better put your seatbelt on because I've got a cracker for you this week. So, okay, uh, <laughs> Ooh, this is going to be good. <laughs> well, last week was tough to top, but I oh, think it was so good. I might okay. have beaten it. I, I want to see how this goes down. So, uh, this week in English football. About the start of the preliminary rounds of the FA Cup. So the FA Cup proper, where you see a lot of your league teams, Premier League sides come into it, only tend to be around January time, whereas your lower league teams take part in it at this point. So non-league, almost like your Sunday level teams. So this weekend, during a match between Blackfield and Langley and Shepton Mallet, a nil-nil draw, <coughs> goalkeeper for Blackfield and Langley, Conor Maseko was sent off for urinating in a hedge in the middle of the match. <laughs> the ball went behind his goal for a goal kick. Maseko claimed he needed to use the toilet decided to go against the hedge. The incident was seen by the Shepton Mallet players who drew the incident to the attention 
the referee. <laughs> Blackfield and Langley co-manager Conor McCarthy told the BBC, I was gobsmacked. We were all very shocked at the decision. He was only protecting himself and he was actually inside the hedge. Sometimes when you have to go, you simply have to go. This this isn't true. You made that up. There is no way this is true. No, no, you you made this up. You really you admit that you made this up. <laughs> no, I promise you. Conomaseco. <laughs> the this urinating. Can't be real. This can't be real. I could just imagine a man and his dog just watching as this chaos unfolds. It's just fantastic. <laughs> that's that's outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. <laughs> Um, it's um, where did you read that from which which publication is that I found this on Twitter I think I'll uh, I'll have to link it up but yeah it is absolutely (laughs) fantastic that is that is I don't know how you're going to top this week's from (laughs) I am am worried now I might have to go and start playing Sunday League for myself and doing it (laughs) but Oh God! That, when you gotta go, you gotta go. But I yeah. mean, the thing is, I understand him. But yeah, that is. But, but so I'm sorry, I missed that. But I was laughing. Did he get booked or suspended? He was, he, he was sent off. The he referee sent, sent off. him off. So number thirteen had to pull his jersey on and go in goal for the last twenty-four minutes of the game. <laughs> so, <laughs> brilliant. Oh my God! That is the, so the best image of that that I keep getting is the opposition players pointing at him. And pointing to the referee, going, "What he's doing?" And he's just there, hanging out the back of the hedge. It's just absolutely brilliant. Oh, we're trying to play a football game, but yeah, <laughs> there we are. Oh my day! Oh my days! That is that is phenomenal. That is phenomenal. I love this. This, this Jake, you you are the in-house Mr. Frog. Now you you're, you're this this is yours. This is completely your thing now. No one's ever <laughs> touching that again after these. Oh my god, that's phenomenal. That's absolutely phenomenal. Right, let's move on to something much more negative. Uh, this week's Modji, which I'll be presenting myself. Um, this week's Modji can't be anything but the 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 VAR and how and I'm not just talking about Juve Salernitana because I don't you know <laughs> we're in Teristi we've seen Juve get away with murder for about a hundred years so it's not it's not about them but this is something that's happening more and more not more and more but it's happened twice now in Italy where an offside clear offside goal is not detected by VAR and the technology is using the wrong image they did it last season with Spezia Lazio when they scored a last gasp goal and this year, of course, and then of course yesterday with when Candreva, Candreva of all people, was off, was off, was was keeping Bonucci on side. And the fact that it's Candreva and Bonucci makes it really, really delicious. But this could happen to anyone and to any team. And I, I, they have to sort this out. VAR was, has improved football, I think. I think there's still problems with it, but those are those those will get you know you know the more the users will understand it, but. This is like the fundamentals of the game, you know, like was he or was he not offside? And if if it's not detecting all the players, I saw that the Italian Football uh, uh, Referees Association put out a statement saying that they, the referees didn't have all the images, that they didn't have that image, which is what I suspected. 
all along. I don't think the referee saw it uh, because I don't think that, that that image was was available to them. And that is incredibly, incredibly concerning. Um, and I, I it, it has to be the 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 VAR the way that they've you know they've handled it this. This, 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 these past two days with, with, with the offside call. I mean, again, Kandreva scoring and Kandreva keeping Borucci offside, uh, keeping Borucci onside is so quintessentially Kandreva. Um, and also, Kandre- and then they get, they get in a, and then obviously Stalin and Tiana getting away with it is just, you know, it's, it's hilarious to all of us who've watched Juve screw us and every other team in, in Italy. This is this does feel this absolutely rings of poetic justice. Let there be no mistake about that. But at the same time, that it, it, this is the this is this is due to technical glitches, fundamental technical glitches and and errors. And that is fantastic. Uh, that it, I mean, it's just extraordinarily stupid. And they have to sort that out because if we can't trust the technology to get the most basic call calls right, they'll remove VAR. And I fear that because I don't trust these referees in Italy to save. You know, I I, I don't I trust them as far as I can trust throwing as as far as I can throw an elephant. I don't trust these people, and I want the VAR to be there. Um, so whatever technical problems they have, they have to sort it out. So the module of the week is is the VAR technology that failed to, to catch two now in, in in two seasons of the most blatant glaring offsides that we've seen. Right, um, that's all we have time for this week. Mo had to pop away, so uh, thank you, Mo. I'd like to thank you, Mike. Don't be a stranger. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, really appreciate you guys having me on, and, uh, and uh, really nice hearing your voices, and yeah, Forza Inter. <laughs> and you, Jake, always good. Yeah, Thanks very much as always. I have just proudly sent you the uh, link to the article so you can uh, have a little laugh at your leisure. Yeah, and I, I'm going to link that article. <laughs> can you? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to link that article to um, to uh, in in the in on the site to to this um, because that, that is phenomenal, absolutely fantastic. Going for a piss uh, in the middle of a game is is so quintessentially brilliant. Um, and getting sent off for it is even better. <laughs> well, when you gotta go, you gotta go. I don't understand why he was sent said. off. What, 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 why was he sent off? How is that unsportsmanlike behavior? Mike, you're a referee. Can you explain to me the, the thinking here? Um, what rule did he break? I've seen this before in a game. I'm not sure. Like I've seen this. This has happened before, where a goalkeeper needed to take a piss during the game. I, it's like it's not the first time it's happened. <laughs> but but I've, I've seen it. Hard? Uh, I I don't think it is. It's not. It's sportsmanlike behavior. It's not like, <laughs> well, like unspo- well, filling the ground unsportsman- with urine, <laughs> getting the sport. Un- unsportsmanlike behavior <laughs> is is uh, by the book a yellow card, not a red yeah. card. I mean, sorry, no, but I mean, he's unprofessional not... or or like violent or or whatever. Like, <laughs> well, there's nothing there's nothing in the in the laws of the game that 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 would technically call this. It's not violent conduct. It's not. Uh, it's not serious foul play. It's no. not denying an old, obvious goal scammer. You look at. There's nothing for him to. Get, there's nothing in there. Anybody just pissed on the hedge. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Unless they want to add an eighth law to the red card law and putting in no pissing, then 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 there's your answer. But there's not nothing there. I mean, didn't hang on. Actually, I remember in the Premier League when when Amazon Prime was. Was was with Tottenham all or nothing? Didn't what's his name? Was it Harry Winks who ran off the pitch in the middle of a Tottenham game because he needed to poo? 
well, he must have got it. He might have got for doing that because he left the field of play. And I think you're not allowed to leave the field of play um, without the referee's permission. Okay. So that's that. There's there's your yellow card, but I don't know where you get a red card from, unless it was yeah. a second yellow, which I don't think it was. I think it was Winks. I can't remember, or was it Dyer? I can't remember, but it was one of them. It was Dyer. Yeah, it was Dyer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he okay. ran off the pitch in like in agony, like screaming, like. And Mourinho was like, <laughs> "What are you doing?" That, that, oh, that, I got to say, of all the all or nothing Amazons, nothing beats Tottenham's. I think. I think that was that was the best one. It's just Mourinho's fantastic. You get to see how he talks and and all that stuff, and also all the things that happen, the madness. No, I I, I think that's the best one. I really do. Anyway, uh, we got really sidetracked there. Um, until next week, uh, I'm your host Nima Tyler wishing you good a good week, uh, six points, stay healthy, uh, and take care of each other. And sempre e solo forza. Italia.